When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, what's up, Elsie Escobar? How are you today? Good, how are you? I'm back. I'm back to no connection. I'm back to double enders. I'm back to not being able to load tweets yep. or you know messages. You know what you are? Or, You're back what? in black. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> That's hilarious. Back in black! Anyway, for those of you who for the first time, I am Jess. I sort of feel like I should introduce myself at the beginning once in a while. Yes, do it. Do it. We should, well, we're going to be doing that here very soon for a special project that we're kind of playing with. It's Elsie and Jess, and we're here to pump you up. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yes, we are. So, right. um, what's been yes. going on with you this week besides coming home? Anything else exciting happening? The girls started their home. Summer's not thing. over. No. Someone needs to tell these people summer is not over. I know. It seems What's their like problem. Yeah. I mean, when I, when I was in high school or school, I remember starting after Labor Day, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Wasn't that the case or, or that week? It was like Labor Day and then that week we started like... I, I remember the first, when I went to college, that was the first time that I started school in mm-hmm. August. I remember that was weird. I was like, oh, wow, I'm starting so early. When I went to the university, I thought that was really neat. It's super neat. No, they, they are really doing really good stuff there. They have got packed schedules over there. Um, it's a, I don't know if you guys know, I'll give you guys a rundown, especially for all of you newbie people. We are a homeschooling family, but we also supplement the homeschooling with, it's like this, um, I don't even know what to call it. It's like a school, but it's not a school. It's kind of like a supplementary, complementary yeah, thing, I, school, yeah, yeah. co-op-y thing. Yeah. I don't know what it is. But the girls have full schedules. Like we go into town now. This this year we're going to be going Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Tuesday and Thursday are their more academic days. Mm-hmm. And then Wednesday is like a lot of musical theater and stuff and choir and silks, which they do silks like they climb those big, long, yeah. silky things and they do acrobatics That's so fun. and stuff. We didn't have that when we were kids. I kind of wish we did. No, it is so rad. It is so cool. So it's, you know, and it's really neat because we get an opportunity, like everybody goes to, in quote, school together. So usually there's tons of parents all over the place when the kids are in, in classes you see a lot of parents hanging out. They all kind of stay there. And and then the kids are there too. So it's this sort of total co-op of schooling where you know that your kids are in the classes and they will come out, in and out and hang out with their friends and stuff. But at the same time, there are a lot of parents at, there also. So you so it's it's kind of it's a very unique experience. And what I tend to do is I work. I work. Obviously, I'm there working the whole day that the girls are in school, but I still know where my girls are and what they're doing. How long is that day? How long are they there? Tuesday and Thursday, they're there from 10 to to 2.30 is their last class at the end of their last class on Tuesdays and Thursdays. 
I mean, it's not that long, but it's good. Yeah, it's not that long, but it is good. And they have an average of three to four classes for the day. So it's really neat. It's pretty fun. And yeah. then you, not everything is on you. Nope, not everything is on me. We get to supplement. And they're also getting things like coding. Like they started their coding classes this this year. And that's fun. I mean, I wouldn't be able to I teach saw that. that. I know. I wouldn't be able to do that. Like, I'm like, I mean, as, as techie as I am, I don't code. <laughs> So, I can't believe they're learning how to do that. I mean, it, I mean, it is just a language though, right? Yeah, absolutely. So they get, you know, there's also extracurricular thing, not extracurricular things, but like um, sewing, like they get a chance to do, to learn how to sew or to, uh, to do like more projects with their hands and stuff that are a little mm-hmm. bit different. I'm going to see if I can pitch a podcasting like course there because they, it goes all the way to high school. And the the high school kids are already creating a lot of video content. And I think it would be really awesome for them to do also some audio stuff. Uh, And that would be be really fun for them to be able to do it. So, yeah, that's it. How's Isaac? Is his swollen eye better now? Yeah, he has a swollen leg today. Oh, what? He's not home. He got another bug bite yesterday. And I covered him in bug spray. But I think what's happening is like he goes in the pool and then they go back outside. And then he doesn't have any bug spray on. So like he's covered for the morning. So it wasn't until the nighttime. Like he didn't say anything and he didn't say anything. And then as he's going to bed, he's like, Mom, I think I have a bug bite. And and I mean, you know, he pulls his pajama leg up. And yeah, it's like a baseball on his leg. Oh, my God. And I was like, whole every time I see it, I'm shocked. Like, I'm not, I'm not, it's been the fourth, this is like fourth or fifth time. I'm still not desensitized to it. So, of course, I go, holy crap, as soon as I see it. Because I was so shocked by how big it is on his little leg. That's pretty nuts. And then I, I, yeah, I rush him into the First of all, I have to show Scott because nothing, no injuries happen unless Scott sees them because he's just, the inj- he he just has to see all, I just, I feel the need, anytime somebody gets hurt, I'm just like, show Scott, show Scott. I don't know why, but it just has to be that way. And then um, I gave him Benadryl and then I put some hydrocortisone on it, which of course it immediately came off because he's itching it. And then he went to bed and then this morning he woke up, it was still big though. So if it doesn't go away by tomorrow, I'm going to take him to the doctor or I guess by tonight. It's just but what uh, a mess, huh? A, yeah, that is a mess. I mean, I don't. I have to say that when I was in Pittsburgh, I, there weren't that many bugs. But coming here, I already am covered. Like um, my neighbor came just to say to give hugs and to catch up, you know, um, yesterday yeah. or the day before. And she came in the evening and we were outside. It, this was evening like at, I would say like seven o'clock or something. It was still light out. It was beautiful. Right. And we're just right. out there talking. And seriously, my legs are covered. Those little noceums are everywhere right now. You can't. Oh, it's so I'm like, I don't even want to go outside. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful out here right now. But I don't want to go outside because the bugs are out of control. Don't do it. Out of control. So don't I'm sorry. It. You guys would. Yeah, you guys would. Um, Poor Isaac would probably have to stay indoors. <laughs> There's no way you could go anywhere without any of that stuff. It just sucks because it's too cold to go outside in the winter and it's too buggy and hot to go out in the summer. It's like, when are we supposed to live our lives? Correct. Yep. I, I get it. I get it. Stinks. Yeah, it does. It absolutely stinks. So do you have, um, just to kind of move on to the rest of the conversation, I'm looking at our show notes here and I see Podkite and Chartable. Do you want to talk about that? Didn't we talk about, we talked about Podkite last time, didn't we? 
Yes, but since then, there's been a development. So oh, I posted okay. in the podcast community group about how happy I was that PodKite was showing us what it was showing us. And then James Cridland kind of like chimed in and was like, yeah, but it's still not showing you anything. Mm. And I was like, yeah, but it is because it's showing you, you know, if someone BSs you about their stats, you can kind of see based on their ranking if they're lying. And he was like, no, you really can't because... It's still able to be it's, as long as people are paying for spots in iTunes, it's worth nothing. Hmm. Well, and I was like, I mean, I guess, but I still feel like anybody with like a common sense can figure it out. But he doesn't agree with me. And then he posted a whole thing like called how to read your stats. Um, and then Chartable today came out with the top podcast hosting platforms in 2018. And number one is SoundCloud, and number two is Anchor. Yeah, but but I don't know if you've seen the conversation, though. They didn't actually go deep enough to be able to get a proper data for that. So it's deeply flawed. It's like somebody trying to figure something out, and they didn't actually do it properly. But they, And so if I don't know if you guys... I'm going to put a link in the show notes, guys, for the thread of the conversation from the Chartable guy with... Todd Cochran from Blueberry, as well as Daniel Lewis from the Audacity to Podcast, because they both addressed some of the flaws and some of the data points that were not addressed. And the Chartable guy essentially said, you are right. We didn't look at that. We have to update it. So I don't want to put a link in the show notes to the, to that article simply because... No, then don't. I agree. Yeah, no, because it's flawed and it's, it's not true at the core. So and then even Rob, I actually Rob actually emailed the guy from Chartable and I have that email as well. I wonder if I should read it so that you guys can You know what? I'm just Every I'm, time I'm excited about stats, somebody blows them away from me. It's depressing. Yeah. So let me let me first talk about the Chartable blog thing and and this is what Rob said um to him. He said a couple of questions. One, did you look at the enclosure tags for the latest episode for each feed? or just the RSS feed URL. We at Lipson have a lot of producers, close to a half, not using our RSS feed. Many are using WordPress feeds, but using us for media hosting. And there are, of course, those that are using FeedBurner for some reason. And there are PodTrack feeds and FeedPress feeds as well. How deep into the feed did you look for these? Based on your numbers, you had us at 7.7% of 510,000 shows, equaling at 39,270. We have well over 50,000 active podcast accounts, many with multiple shows in an account. The numbers should have been at least 10% and closer to 11%, not the 7.7% you reported. Number two, womp, womp. It, it will be very interesting to see where these numbers are in six months. Up until now, Anchor had it where they, they were submitting shows directly to Apple Podcasts, not requiring shows to submit manually, nor for them to get an Apple Podcast account, which is required for everyone else. This resulted in many accounts created by people just looking at things, but not really serious, as is evident by the number of drops you saw for them when you look for at least 10 episodes. The drop-off they have once they have to play by the same rules as everyone else and can no longer submit shows directly to Apple will be very interesting. You did not point out that all those shows that are Anchor submitted do not have access to their stats from Apple as they do not have a Podcast Connect account. This is something we see that once a podcaster realizes what they did, they're not happy with. So um, there's a little bit of a flaw in terms of all. And of so course, lesson key. learned. Yes. Don't talk about stats when Rob watches around. <laughs> yeah, because he'll give you he'll give you the numbers for sure. And 
You know, with it will give you eight hundred reasons why you're false, right? And also, you know, with the pod kite stuff, I remember specifically like something that got me excited is that I thought that they were also gathering Google podcast data or something, and it turns out that that's not the case. At least from when I started to see it, and it is they are in pod not yet, but they claim to. They claim to you. I don't think it's there yet. And so, what James was also alluding to, which is really interesting, is that those. Those chart numbers that are only based on the Apple Podcast algorithm is based on essential subscriber and download activity. Okay, so if somebody is like, let's say we release the, our episode on Monday, and let's say we have like a super famous guest, or we're addressing a topic that's like everybody's going to want to hear us talk about it, and then the you know that evening. We get like so many more subscribers to the show or people that are downloading. We are immediately going to go up in rankings. But then the minute that that subsides, which is usually a cycle of either, I'm not sure if it's like, I think it's 48 hours, then immediately you start to come down. And then the next group of people, whoever is getting the most subscribers at that time goes up. And that doesn't necessarily mean sometimes a certain amount. So it doesn't have to do with like, we need to get 300 subscribers to make it move. It actually could be a percentage of that um, account. I don't know how to describe this. It's like, it's like a, a greater amount of activism for a specific account, but that doesn't have to, nor yeah. does it reflect the number of subscribers that they have. So let's say we could actually be above a show that has, let's say, 100,000 subscribers, and let's say we have a 1,000 subscribers, but because of the amount of people that are subscribing at that time, we might then rank higher than them, even though their audience and their subscribers are actually much bigger. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Now, raise your hand if you're exhausted. I know. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, we can't see you. Dude. But, Honestly, yeah, I'm exhausted thinking about it. It's exhausting. It is. Exhausting. This is one other reason. Another great reason for why you shouldn't care about your statistics. So, yes, because exactly. No, I agree. No one. No one's reading them properly. Nope. No one's measuring them properly. Nope. No one's reporting on them properly. Yeah. Just build your audience everywhere. Yep. Then you don't have to worry about it. Absolutely. And I think that that's why, you know, I think I want to have another conversation, not this time, but another conversation of what that looks like and around the true data points, because I'm still seeing, especially in She Podcast, people that are like, how do you get more reviews? And I'm like, how do you get more downloads in iTunes? Yeah. And it's just really, it's hard because it's, I mean, as much as it's awesome, it's really nice to look at yourself in the charts and to look at how nice you look inside of Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Unfortunately, it doesn't reflect like really great audience size, really, (laughs) you know? So, I don't know. Yeah, reflect doodles. <laughs> so what do you think? Do you moving on? Should we do some news? Let's do some news. The news you can use for the informed podcaster. Podcasting news. You want to talk about this? You want to you want to take it? My favorite murders creators are launching a podcast network. Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark, the duo behind the beloved crime-themed comedy podcast, My Favorite Murder, announced today they are launching a new network of shows in partnership with Stitcher, the podcast platform owned by Midroll Media. Called Exactly Right, 
The network will feature podcast programming curated and developed by Kilgariff and Hard Stark that will both deepen and expand their traditional focus on true crime and comedy. That's interesting, mm-hmm. but it's not for mid-roll. It's a network they're doing themselves with Stitcher, not mid-roll, even though they own mid-roll. <laughs> right? Right. What do you think about that? I mean, actually, wait a minute. Then, wait, then it says they're working on a book based on the podcast published by Macmillan. Well, why wouldn't they give their network to Macmillan then? They have podcasts. Because Macmillan does qu- quick and dirty tips. Yeah, but everything's, you know, le- that's what they do, you know, best and stuff. I don't know. Those are questions you need to ask them, not me, because I have no. I know. In, they, I have what do no, you know? Like, I will that's not even point. comment. I have no comment. That's a very good point. I'm That's like, a very good point. Yeah. Well, so they launched two years ago, two and a half years ago as part of Feral Audio. And we all know what happened to them. That guy um, decided to air all his mental dirty laundry and then disappear. Um, and so My Favorite Murder was on there. Sleep With Me podcast was on there. They all had to scramble to find new networks. And I guess this is what came out of it. So see, things sometimes do happen for a reason. You just have to create those reasons sometimes. So yay for them. That's exciting. Yep. Murder and comedy. What a great, what a great combo. It's like peanut butter and jelly. I love it. Nothing funnier than a good gory murder, we always say. <laughs> I know. I like their overall mission. I think that it is expansive, like as as narrow as it might seem in some ways that it's about obviously murders and comedy. If There you are will. a lot of murder shows, though. It'd be nice if they had a home. That's all. Yeah. And I think that it, it has it has legs. You know, people, it, it just depends on how it's run and they have the backing. And that's the other thing. It's like um, there's a lot of times when we as um, smaller podcasters might want to create a network to get more momentum for our shows but if you're gathering a lot of little a lot of little shows together uh it's still not going to have as much momentum as if you have a backing from a larger company and the only reason i say that it's not because the content needs to be a specific caliber but it's that sometimes the larger companies that help uh, are going to be supporting in the marketing aspect of things. And that's where we all need help. <laughs> you know, right. it's like it's that sort of like word of mouth or not even word of mouth because that's our audience. But like that megaphone where there's more outlets, like they're, they've they got just a, a larger place to talk about this. Mainstream media can actually cover them more as they're being covered right now. Like all of that stuff matters sometimes. And the smaller podcasters such as us, have a harder time getting access to that. We still can, but we have to work twice as hard to make these pitches. And they have teams yeah, that are true. dedicated to this. That's what they do. Like that's their job to get the press, to get the marketing, to get all that stuff. We, you know, you and I, I'm sure we would get more coverage if we had a dedicated person constantly pitching us and yeah, talking you need about a public us. relations and, yeah you need a pr person exactly and so that's the lovely thing about that so um even though i really love the idea of networks it's really hard to make networks successful if you don't have that in that um, bigger infrastructure set up which is the pr marketing side of things all right so but we have more this happened actually after we finished recording when we were talking about the performance bridge stuff last week then we found out that uh, PRX and PRI are merging to make one giant podcasting powerhouse. So, yeah, you know, I didn't pay too much attention to this because it's kind of like saying, I don't know, I kind of felt like it was like saying 
Sephora and Ulta are coming together to make one big makeup store. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, I, PRX does public radio. PRI does... No, PRI does public radio. PRX does public radio type podcasting. I can't... I hate to admit that I may have even thought they were already joined. Right. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, like, did you even know that they were a separate... I mean, I guess I kind of knew they were a separate thing. I think most of us just didn't pay attention to PRI. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's, it's simply from from the, the place that it's being put forth. The reason I really like this is because I think I have a PRX mug. Like I, uh, the, again, yeah, see, I'm I, constantly yeah. talking about mission, but, <laughs> but PRX has a really strong mission statement. They stand for something in podcasting and they're very, very clear about the types of voices that they want to support. They have some really powerful podcast under the belt. They have uh, Carrie Hoffman, the CEO for PRX, has, is possibly one of my most favorite people out there, especially as a CEO. She's very accessible. She's very passionate. And I'm glad that they're making this move. And I'm really keeping an eye out on these podcasting garages that they're creating and putting up in different places. Like they have one in Boston and I think there's another one coming up somewhere else. And they've done, I mean, the thing is, I like some of the community outreach that they're putting out there. I like the exposure to, again, there's a big push for underrepresented voices having access to these things. I'm all for that. So I'm interested to see where this goes. And I think that the potential is there. And again, I really love their mission statement. So if they stick by that, I'm all for having them grow and be awesome and continue to create awesome content. And and the other thing is, I feel like with people like them, whenever you get any kind of press when it comes to podcasting, it's good for all of us because it, it continues to carry that narrative out there like podcasting is an actual thing, which I think we are still kind of all of us fighting to make sure that people recognize podcasting as a, a powerful vehicle. Yeah, it's definitely good. Also, the both the CEOs are women, which is kind of nice. Yeah, it is. I, I like that as well. For sure. It's, it's a really... I noticed that you said, oh, I'm always talking about mission. Does that mean you're you're bored of yourself? No, I'm not. It's just because I'm constantly... <laughs> I'm said that was funny. I'm just always bringing it forward because I think that's what, I lead, that's what I lead with all the time, you know, and that's what I teach all my podcasters. You can't... It's like when people don't know why they're podcasting, you'll stop, right? If if it's if you're podcasting because you want to build your email list to, you know, get more clients or if you're podcasting to get more clients, um that's fine. That those are great goals to have, but you will burn out if you don't know the bigger reason as to why you need more clients or why you want more download numbers. Like if it's because you really, this is like your salvation and this is your way to entertain yourself and other people, then it has to really be something you connect to every single time, even if it seems like that's not a very meaningful thing. But I think it is, you know, for to, as an outlet, as a hobby, as a, if that's really what you want it to be, you got to really own it and lead with that. Um, if it if it is about changing culture, if it is about, you know, helping as many people as possible, you have to really connect with that because this this shit is hard. <laughs> it is. You know, it is like, hard. It's it's just you'll lose <sighs> it. You'll want to quit. And if that's the case, then quit. There's no re like I just saw somebody else um post on She Podcast. It's true. If you ever like, want to quit, quit. That's like the that's the best advice ever. If you ever want to quit, do us all a favor, just quit. 
Don't it's, hang on. Yeah. It's I, not worth it because it's so much work. It's a lot of work. I saw somebody post and she podcast something like that. You know, they've been, I, I don't remember. They've been doing the podcasting thing for a small amount. It wasn't too, too long. Right. And they were trying to figure out if it was worth it because of all the resources that they're putting into it. And that's when, you know, if you're adding it as a marketing wing to your existing business or to your existing platform, it's not going to pay off in the way that you think it's going to do it. There's no fast way to do it. There's You can't do it. Podcasting is a long tail, long commitment to see the results. Long, painful road. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm serious. Yeah. I mean, with the amount of like right now in terms of our name in the industry, if you will, yours and mine and the She Podcast brand. Now we're in a position of like what I feel, obviously leadership, but also like it has a weight to it, right? But mm -hmm. it's like we're four years in. Four years. Yeah. Four yeah. years. So four, if, yeah. yeah, if we would have started asking all of these types of questions when we were like six months in and with all the expectations that we had, it's... It is. It is a long time. It took us a long time to get to this place. But in our defense, yes, you have to admit that like both of us started this show as a side project. We've not made an effort True. to grow it correct organically right. or inorganically. You we are made correct. a purposeful, conscious decision to just see what happens, which yeah. is the opposite of what I was doing when I started this with my other show. All my attention was focused on Lady Business Radio. She podcast was, yeah, let's just see what happens. Right. And you're right. You know what? It was like one of those things that we were just doing it to do it. I mean, because we enjoyed it yeah. too, but we, it was something like, okay. Because we were hoping someone yeah. would be helped by it. And right. yeah, it was kind of fun. And But it was mostly just, an, all of it has been, an, even our monetization, we were still experimenting. We have tried everything, right. including now our Patreon. But mm -hmm. like, we have tried every single possible type of live event course it we've tried everything yep. it's all an experiment yeah but not everyone podcasts that way so i'm what i guess That's what i'm true. trying to say is like i don't know that it's been like we've stuck it out i think because we had zero expectations going into it but is that really the advice we need to give people is like have zero i kind of feel like it is actually yeah start your podcast but don't have any expectations because i think the more you try to force it into being this like answer to all your problems, the less likely that is going to happen. I agree. You should just do it because you want to do it. And again, and, and you know, when I when you were asking me about the mission thing, I think that that's what stays steady. And and when I talk about mission, yeah, sometimes it's going to be about something like life changing. I mean, there's a lot of the women that we work with, especially have really powerful missions, and they do have these platforms that are really amazing. But there's, you know, there is just an equal amount of growth and maturity that comes from the simple act of podcasting. And that's where I really love because I started podcasting from that point of view. And what it's given me, it's given me all kinds of extra confidence and power and strength as a woman, just as a human, that I can't put a number on. It's not like all of a sudden I'm making all this money, but it, I am actually a better human being, a more well-rounded human being 
simply because I stepped into this medium that really resonated with who who I wanted to be. Does that make sense too? And so I'm yeah. I'm cool. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with all of the things that it has given me to just get behind the microphone and speak. That's an enough of a of something, I feel. So Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. But there you have it. But speaking of that though, it's interesting how there's this this dude this guy who sent us this email. Did you see it? Yeah. He's got like this the infographic. The infographic. Yeah, it's actually I'm not sure why it's on this website, but the, and, uh you know, because it's it's because this is his website. No, I know, but it's called Music Oomph. So I don't know, like, because this is his website. I know it's his website, Jess. What I'm saying is, it's kind of it's just Music Oomph, though, and he's he's got this infographic about the meteoric rise of podcasting, but that has nothing to do with music. So anyway, but you guys go check out. I know. Check out this this um. I'll I'll put a link in it. The links are all in the show notes. You guys can definitely check those out. And the show notes you can actually access when you're listening to this episode in whatever almost almost every single one of the podcast apps that you're using. There are a few that don't. Mm-hmm. Like if you're listening on Spotify, you're not going to see the direct. You can't link out because Spotify doesn't support hyperlinks. But most of the other ones do. If you look at the show notes, you can click right through and look at this infographic with us. And so it says it's the meteoric rise of podcast. And he's got this giant infographic for podcast stats for 2018. And it's actually very cool. I like it a lot. It's very pretty. It has every possible stat. Yes, it does. His sources are Edison Research, Nielsen, IAB, PWC, and Pacific Content. And I mean, the infographic is so long. It's as if he took every statistic from all of those sources and put it on here. But it is... It must have been a huge labor of love. Yes. It is also pretty awesome. It's got planets and music notes and headphones. It's pretty cool, I have to say. It's, it actually, yeah, it is. My favorite thing, though, it's so funny because if you scroll all the way down, there's more stats <laughs> that he couldn't get in. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. You could have kept going. I mean, why can't you just keep going? It's That's all of these things. It's kind of crazy. But this is one of the ones that I really liked, which is really cool. Uh, he, it says 35% uh, of podcast consumers listen to an entire episode. 45 listen to most of an episode. And only 12% listen to less than half of an uh, podcast episode. So I, I think that this, those stats are amazing. I mean, right? Only 12% listen yeah. to less than half. Everybody else is listening totally. to at least almost the whole thing. So yeah, most people listen to 80% of people say they listen. Yeah, he backwards that up. The stat is 80% of people say they listen to most or all of an episode. And again, what I've said before is that that stat is important, not because of how much they're actually listening, but because when asked the question, how much do you listen? Their impression is that most or all of it gets listened to, even if that's not true. It doesn't matter. What matters is that they know they're enthusiastic enough to do the whole thing. Yeah. But the other thing that I really love about that is that that answers the question, you know, when you see this question come up a lot, how long should your podcast episode be? And so Mm. if you have 80% of people listening to almost the entire episode, it doesn't matter how long your episode is. It could be five minutes. It could be 75. It could be 90. It could be three hours. It could be 30 the data is still 80% like people are listening to almost the whole thing. So whatever, do whatever you want. 
that's really it. I mean, that's well said. That that's it. That is it. So anyway, those are like some really good stuff. You guys could check out that infographic. Um, and then I kind of wanted to talk about this. I, I have a note here. It says what Apple wants you to do. And I wanted to kind of bring this forth because a lot of people put a lot of uh, stock on Apple Podcasts, right? And being featured and all of the things that Apple Podcasts represents and can do for your show. And they are very clear about the things that they pay attention to. And I've been doing a lot of research on going a lot into a lot of people's websites, just for lips and for the lips inside of things. I've been going to a lot of people's websites, checking things out, looking at layouts on, on websites and things like that. And I have to say that a lot of people are not doing these things. So I'm going to mention them again. And I'm only going to mention them so that you understand that this is what Apple wants. And if you really value Apple Podcasts and iTunes featuring you, these are things you have to do because if not, they're not going to pay attention. Okay? All right. So number one, they really, really love pretty clean infogra- like graphics. Pretty and clean. Like if you start to look at um, the, the things that they feature on Apple Podcasts or in iTunes, notice the type of graphics that they're putting out there. Not cluttered, mm-hmm. super like just very well thought out graphics with nice colors, lots of space. Again, clean stuff. You have to pay attention to that. They really love beautiful things. So beautiful <laughs> leads the way in Apple Podcasts. The second Okey thing, dope. Okey dope. The second thing is that there are, and I'm going to put a link in the show notes for this too. There are some marketing promotional guidelines that Apple wants you to do. They want you to use a specific button that says "Listen" on an Apple Podcasts. That's what they want you to use. They want you to use the button that they are creating. And there are different types on there. So there's like one with a white background, one with a black background, but then there's also like a PNG, which kind of like will match with your website. So they really want you to showcase that button and they want you to use the language, listen on Apple podcasts. The cleaner it is when it comes to that, the and they, you really feature listen on Apple podcasts, the more they're going to pay attention. That's one thing that they do whenever they go to your website. And if they go to your website and they don't see their button in the way that it's done, that's kind of like um, they like, let's say somebody wants to feature your show and they go and look at it and then they go, oh, my gosh, they're hosted on Libsyn, but they're not using they're not using the Listen and Apple podcast logo. So what they do is they reach out to us and they said, could you please reach out to the producer and say, to help them put the stuff up or like tell them to put the stuff up because they want that branding. That's like huge for them. So listen on Apple Podcasts and the call to action inside of your show to be listen in Apple Podcasts. So there's been a couple of really beautiful websites that I've seen lately that are, they're gorgeous. I mean, absolutely beautiful branding all over the place. And they have buttons in there to subscribe, right? Subscribe in podcasts or subscribe to Android or subscribe to Spotify, all that stuff that are um, unique to the website. Like, you know, you get your buttons made, you hire a designer and they design all the things that are completely and utterly matching your branding. Um, Great. And that's awesome. And that looks beautiful. But Apple doesn't want that. 
they don't want customized buttons, even if it's got the same thing. They don't want the customized button of subscribe or listen. Like they don't want subscribe in iTunes. They don't want subscribe in Apple Podcasts. They want the button that they are giving you that says listen in Apple Podcast in the marketing place that I'm going to link to here. Okay. They want it to look like that. They don't want it to look like the way you want to have it look. I'm only sharing this with you so that you realize that this is that important for them. Now, if you don't care, you don't have to do that. I'm simply sharing because... What's a good reason to care or not to care, though? Because they are still... and, And again, I'm trying to be... I'm being here as neutral as possible. I'm just giving you guys information to empower you to make the best choice that you want. Be the Why LC? does the LC think it's important to care about what Apple wants or doesn't want? Is it because they're going to get rid of our show? Is it because no. are we going to be punished in some way no. or what? No, it's just that, you know, the reason that I... If you like following rules, because LC, you love following rules. I do. So, I mean, that to, <laughs> to you, that is incentive enough. No, this is... But not everyone is like that. So, I guess I'm right. just And then I do love to follow rules. But also, one of the reasons that I podcast is because... I don't. It's because I like to do things my way. And I love to, yeah, to just, and you know what I mean? It's like for me, I would actually do things differently because I feel that Apple Podcast is amazing, of course. I mean, they've been around for so long. They're a huge market leader. They're right now from 80 to, you know, 67% to 80% is coming from the um, Mac platform, if you will, in terms of downloads. So they do actually do matter. Um, that said, though, there are other places that are coming into the game, like Spotify and Google Podcast and um, Stitcher and, you know, many more that I'm sure are going to be walking into this space. So you have to serve your audience. But the question that you asked me is like, why should you care? Well, I am putting my hat on as a consultant, if you will, to tell you that if your goal, and this is only for you, though, this is nothing to do with the way that I would play the game. If you... Right. If you as a podcaster's dream is to be featured or or be looked at by Apple Podcasts and and supported by their platform, then you need to follow these rules. Yeah. If you don't care. That's the good reason. Yes, that's the good reason. Now, if like if you were if you were in a mentorship uh relationship with me, then you would hear different things because there are many more ways to also grow your audience. So you have to balance what you want versus what you really value in your platform, your mission statement versus having a goal, right? So if your goal is that, you have to follow these rules. Like there's no other, you, there's no, nothing else. Like invest in your graphics, invest in, in making sure that you're putting the, the marketing material that they want you to and showcase it, bring it forward, put it right front and center. Do that because that's what they want you to do. They want you to drive that uh, brand awareness and for you to lead with that. That's it. For somebody who wants that, Ooh. you have to do this thing. Thank so you. anyway, that that's me clarifying that for you. All right. Um, and, Thank you. And the last little bit that I'm going to mention here is this article that I wrote for Jacobs Media. It's really cool. They asked Yay! me. They asked me to um, guest blog post, <laughs> and um, they asked me to talk about the five things radio broadcasters. <laughs> or the should, evil giggle. I know the evil giggle. 
five things radio broadcasters should know about podcasting. And that was like the title that I was, you know, given. And I kind of played off of that stuff. And I'm happy with the way that this article came out. And I'm, you know, I got to say, Jacobs Media has been incredibly supportive of me and my voice and what I have to bring to the table in terms of podcasting. And both of the guys that run Jacobs Media are amazing. And Seth Ressler, who is also, he's called the Digital Dot Connector, which is kind of a neat name. It's kind of like, I made up a name like that too. I'm the, I'm like the podcaster happiness expert, but he's the digital doc connector. And he's been so, such an advocate for podcasting in radio. And Fred Jacobs and Paul Jacobs are both also very pro podcasting and they recognize the, the power of podcasting and they are advising their clients because they are a radio consultancy, not a podcasting consultancy. Uh, as best as they know how. So um, I am really thankful that they've been so supportive. So check out that article, people. Yay. Put the link in the show notes so you can find it. Yeah, link in the show notes. And I think that's it for me, dude. Well, we have a um, tool tip. Yes. Elsie's tool tip. Is it you? No, it's actually me. Of course, I'm going to keep talking. But I want John to check this out, though. Thought I sent it to both of you, didn't I? Ali too? Yeah. I wanted you both to kind of play with it. John, did you get Ali too also? Well, I while you guys were chatting, because this is the first time I've heard about it, I was just over there looking at the site, and I am going to sign up for it and give it a test drive and see what give it happens. Give a whirly gig. I have a free code for you, honey. Oh, look at you. Oh, I like free. Free is Yeah, good. so I want you to test it out because uh, I think it'll be really good. So, okay, so since you've been checking it out, can you explain... From your little bit of time that you looked, what it is. All right. So you were, (laughs) and again, I saw this as we were recording today. So I really haven't had a lot of time to go through this. They have a lot of information here. Uh, Basically, it is your personal podcast editor, producer, and publisher. So you put your raw audio in there, and then it is published, polished, and then you put your, it'll ID tag it for you and it will upload it to your host. Now, I asked them about Lipson because that's who I uh, host with. And they said, yes, you can absolutely upload from there right to Lipson. So I was like, okay. And basically they have a monthly plan and an annual plan. And it's like $28 a month and it is unlimited use. So... For $28 a month, you can go in there and polish up your audio and edit out. They're supposed to do EQ, noise reduction, compression. And I'm really interested to see how this works. Now, my first thing is, will it work with a multi-track? In other words, we record three different audio files. My file, Elsie's file, Jess's file. I bring them in. I line them up. And then I can process and edit each file. And then if there's talk over or something like that, I can time shift it where you don't hear the talk over. I don't know if this does that. I have no idea. But I would say that if you're a person that really don't know how to do any of that stuff and you get on and you record a podcast on Skype and you record it in one track, in other words, you and the guest are on the same track. This might be a viable option for you. It certainly is inexpensive. Cool. I mean, 
you know, for $28 a month and you can do four. I mean, let's see, let's do the math. It's 14, it's $7 an episode for editing. Although right. you have to That's do right. the editing, you have yeah, to do the do. editing. In other right. words, you have to go in there and do it. So I don't know how much time that would take. And I don't know how hard this is to use, but, uh, I am all in to go in here and give this thing a thorough shakedown and see <laughs> how it works. Yeah. A good, a good jostling. I will give this thing a test ride from hell. <laughs> I will put it through its paces and see how it works out. I mean, this would be great for people that can't afford editing, that wants their show to sound better, that wants to be able to put in their music and everything and have this done. Yep. Now, there's – so, people. So again, I don't want people to think, well, you're an editor. You're going to poo-poo this. I will not poo-poo this because, to be honest with you, if this thing puts me out of business, I will go find something else to do. It doesn't matter. But what I'm saying is that I think that this might be really, as I'm looking at it, it might really be good for somebody that isn't wants the conversation to flow, isn't really wants to take out all the ums and everything. Again, I don't know that. But uh, it'll clean it up. It'll get it sent. Here's my biggest thing. If it takes your audio and processes it where the loudness is correct and puts some compression in there and brings up everything so you're not riding that dial back and forth and it's loud enough, then I am all for this because I listen, not only am I a podcast editor, I'm a podcast fan. I'm a mega listener and nothing drives me crazier than when someone puts a podcast out there and I got to jack it up on my radio and then my notification for a text goes off and I almost hit a telephone pole because it scares me to death. Yeah. So just to be able to do something like that. And again, you know, you're trying to start out in podcasting and you're, you're trying to get your message out there and not everybody has producers and all this money to throw behind their podcast. This might be great for them. So I definitely want to shake this down and I'll give you a full report when we uh, all reconvene. Yay. No, it's it's actually Yay. I like Thanks, guys. Yeah, I like the idea of that because you can create a template. So you can create it you can have the beginning of your music, you can have the end of your music or whatever, you can have the transitions added, you can do again the processing of the file at the end. So there's all of these extra little things that you can do. And I think that this is the, you're, what you're you're saying is right there, John. It, it can actually serve it's sort of like um a it's kind of like a phonic with a little extra added features to it. And the bonus part is that it does automatically, it has uh, built in the API for, I believe, from what I saw from the video, because I haven't played with it, uh, cross-posting to Blueberry and Libsyn right now. So after you're finished with the file, you can set it up so that it just spits it out and it takes it into those systems. And I, I do believe uh, Colin is working also to to be able to support other hosting providers. So I like that idea. Anything that helps people save time and have better audio is, is, is great. So you guys check it out. There will be a link in the show notes here too, even if it is just by looking. They have a really great YouTube tutorial channel too with all kinds of little videos in there that you can check out. And Colin is has been around the podcasting space for a while. He's come to Podcast Movement a few times and uh, he's he's got his own business as well in terms of podcasting. So I do trust him as well. He knows podcasting. He didn't just come out and just decide to create this tool just for funsies. So Right, and you get a seven-day free trial. So you can go in there, shake it down, see if you like it. 
And then if you like it, then you can just, it's like I said, for the amount, and that's, it's $28 a month. If you mm-hmm. want to pony up a whole year, you get two months free. That's so great. it's 280 for the year. So it's even cheaper than $28 a month. That's so great. it's, yeah, I'm definitely excited to go in there and shake it down. Yay. Awesome. Shake it down, shake, shake it down, shake it down. Let's shake down this puppy. Yeah, let's shake down this puppy. Yes. Oh, before we finish, before we take it out, though, Jess, you are going to be gone next episode, correct? Yes, I am. You are going away to go to the beach? I am. First time in so long. Yeah. Probably eight years. Yeah. So you're, she's going away, but I'm having a special guest coming in to record a show special with us. Special guest star. No. Woohoo. So we have... Do we know who it is yet? Yes, we do. Liz Kovar is coming on the show. And... <laughs> I know, and I'm so excited because I want to talk with her about the history of radio, which has been a really big conversation. So she's going to be coming on the show. So you guys keep an eye out for that. It's going to be such a great fun. And we're going to miss Jess, of course. But you're going to be getting... I'm going to miss that. I love Liz. You're going to be having sunshine and fun times and hopefully no bug bites. (laughs) Yay. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, I'll do what I can, certainly. Um, but yeah, so, okay. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I'm sorry to miss next week, but I'll be back the week after. Tan and Habe. Um, you can check out our show notes at ShePodcast.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ShePodcast. If you want to send us an email, info, no, sorry, info or feedback at ShePodcast.com. We also, if you check out our website, you want to leave us some video, uh, what is wrong with me? Voice feedback. Or video today. if you want. <laughs> or video, but you know, voice is probably better. We have a little button on the side of our website where you can leave us some voice feedback. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you to John at AudioEditingSolutions.com. Elsie, love you. Mean it. Bye. <laughs>